Ministry is not you doing work for God. Ministry is God doing His work through you. Okay, pag hindi mo naintindihan, just the principle of Christ in John 14.10. Sabi niya, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. So, whatever you see the works, it testifies that the Father is in me. So, it is the Father living in me doing His work. Kanyang work? Ngayon, iba na. Jesus na. Si Jesus na ang nag-work. Kasi it's the Father who sent Jesus Christ. And so the Father was in Him. Now Jesus sends us, so Jesus is in us through the Holy Spirit. Okay? So it is Jesus Christ in me, doing His work through me. Yan ang ministry. Which means, ang foundation ng ministry pala is intimacy with Christ. Kasi how can you, how can Christ flow through you? Hindi ka man nakikinig sa Kanya. Baka puro sarili mo lang lahat yan. Okay? So, kailangan yung intimacy with Christ, the foundation of ministry. Because ministry flows from Christ. It's not that fl- it does not flow from our minds. It flows from Him. Kaya kung gusto nyo anointed yung ministry, be sure it's flowing from Christ, not from you. It has to be from Christ. It should be built on intimacy with Christ. And, and be sure that you know this is what the Lord wants you to do. And the power will always be there. Hindi makukulang ang power. Beside you're flowing with Him. So, ministry is not me doing work for God. Ministry is God doing His work in you. What's my job? Hear and obey. Hear and obey. Hear and obey. Okay? Naintindihan po natin. So, I was asking the Lord what will be the nurse series for this, for this uh, PSG. And the Lord led me to this because marami rin nag-struggle sharing the gospel with Catholics, lalo na po yung mga intelligent Catholics, educated Catholics, Ay, yung malimit ka hulubilo ko eh, mga, mga educated na Catholics. And uh, also, para maging uh, matibay ang pananalig ng mga nandadala kay Lord, kasi clear na sa kanila yung kamalian na kanilang pinanggalingan, okay? Pero when you evangelize Catholics, don't talk about the controversial matters. Just focus on Christ. The secret of winning Catholics without offending them, just focus on Jesus Christ. And the moment they realize they need Jesus, they surrender life to Christ, si Lord na unti-unti mag-ano, mag-lead sa kanila sa truth through the Word of God. But you don't have, hindi mo kailangan i-ano sa bunganga nilang katotohanan ng God. It's already. I always tell people in sharing to Catholics, whenever you share with Catholics, do not attack what they believe. Kasi ang kanilang security na doon sa belief nila. Eh. So when you're attacking what? Like si Mary. Marami dyan, Marian eh. Pag inatake mo si Mary, inatake yung mga santo, Parang inaalis mo yung security nila sa ilalim eh. Kaya mag, they will really defend that. Paglalaban talaga nila yan, kahit alam nila, hindi <laughs> na sila parang may pontos ka, lalaban pa rin yan. Kasi tinatamaan mo yung security nila. So, focus them on Christ until they begin to shift the security to Christ. Show the all-sufficiency of Christ, that Christ is all, all that they need. Pag yun na-convince sila and they shift their loyalty to Christ, literal madali na lang ayusin yung mga wrong doctrine nila. Kasi ang security nila na kay Jesus na. Karamihan ng Catholic, ang security nila na sa church, na kay Mary, sa mga santo, sa rosaryo, nandun security nila eh. Kaya pag inatak mo yan, you will be met by resistance. Tsaka, imbes na maintindihan ka, isip na paano pagtatanggol yung sarili nila. Kasi you put them on the defensive. So the best way is just focus on Christ. Kasi sabi ni Pablo sa second, first, uh, second, uh, sorry, first Corinthians chapter 2, when we were with you, we do not want you to know anything except Christ and Him crucified. Yun lang. 
Focus on Christ and, him, and His death on the cross. Don't talk about any other doctrine with Catholics. Because in time, pag tinanggap na nilang Holy Spirit, unti-unti na siya maliliwanagan niya kasi may Holy Spirit niya eh. Pero kung sasabihin mo na ganun, wala pa yung Holy Spirit sa kanila, mapapaaway ka talaga niyan. They need Jesus. Okay? That's the first thing. They need Jesus. So, show them that Christ is sufficient. At pag nakonvince sila, they will shift their loyalty and security to Christ. Continue to disciple them. Later, you can talk about the controversial issues. Ready na sila kasi wala na security nila doon. Nandun na ka Jesus. Yan ang sekreto sa mga Catholics. Okay? So, That's why I always tell, uh, kahit mga pastor, may, uh, mag-witness sa mga Catholic, nagsishare ng gospel sa Catholics, please don't talk about idolatry when you're, when you're talking with Catholics. Kasi later on, matter of consequence na lang yan, when they commit themselves to Christ, and they have the Holy Spirit, mag-guide nila sa unti-unti eh, towards the truth. Pero they need to have Christ first. Okay? Jesus muna. Holy Spirit muna. Kasi the Holy Spirit will enlighten them eh. Hindi mo kailangan sila convincein sa lahat ng mali kasi hindi mo yan makukonvince. Walang Holy Spirit dyan eh. They need to have Christ first so they have the Holy Spirit. Palitro, naiintindihan nila. So, focus lang kay Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay? <clears throat> And another thing I share, don't talk about idolatry. Si Pablo, when he was in Athens, remember the story in Athens? Acts chapter 18. And he went around and he saw that the city was full of idols, the multitude of the idols. And he was there in the Areopagos, no? Sabi niya, pa ikaw, siguro kung Baptist pastor yun, o mga pastor natin, no? siguro. Siguro sigaw, you are idolatrous people! <laughs> Ang focus agad, idolatry. Kasi, yun, kasi sabi sa Bible, he was vexed. Eh. He, was, he was really disturbed. You know, pag pumasok ka sa Catholic, sa dami idolatry, di ba nakaka-disturb? Ganon naramdaman ni Pablo sa Athens. He was so disturbed because of the multitude of idols. Pero ano, inatake niya ba idolatry? Hindi. Sabi niya, Men of Athens, listen to me. As I go around looking at your city, I perceive that you are a very religious people. Wow, positive. Inaffirm. Inaffirm. Yan ang power ng culture of honor. Hindi na culture of shame natin. Kasi shame mo agad. Honor mo na. Find what you can affirm first. You are a, a very religious people. Wow. Kaya kuha mo agad attention nila eh. Kasi in-affirm mo eh. Pag in-attack mo, wala na good night. Okay? Affirm mo na. Find what you can affirm. So nakita niya, you are a very religious people. Because when I went around, I actually saw this, you know, this this um, image dedicated to the unknown God. Said, well, the God that you do not know, today I make known to you. Oh. Walang attack sa idolatry. Ginamit niyang connecting, yung connection yun. Alam mo kung bakit may to the unknown God? Because in the past history of Athens, nakaroon kasi ng plague many years ago sa, that swept throughout Greece. No? Ang dami talagang thousands died. And then maraming nag-offer sa mga sacrifices. Wala, wala. Hindi na tigil yung plague kahit anong offer sa mga sacrifices nila. And then somebody... Lahat the gods, the gods of the Greeks failed. Somebody decided to offer the sacrifice to the unknown god, the true god. Kasi oh, yung mga gods nila. Eh. So they thought that the true god, we don't know him because these gods, you know, hindi talaga sila nag, they did not save us. Many are still dying, and so they dedicated a, an altar to the unknown god, and that's where the plague stopped. 
Kaya the center of the Areopag of that uh, Samar seal, nandoon yung ano na yung monument to the unknown God that saved them. Okay? Just, kaya sabi, alam ni Pablo yung history. Alam niya yung totoong Diyos yun eh. The God you do not know, I will now make known to you. Ha! Yes! Kuha agad ang hearts nila. You understand that? Kasi positive, affirm. Okay? Tapos hindi siya nanira, hindi siya nagbulldozer. Okay? So, if you want to win Catholics effectively, find what you can affirm first. Kasi ang dami nating commonalities with them. You can start with the commonalities. You know, start, you know, ako, I'm blessed that you are so devoted to your faith. No? Walang masama doon. Yung ang dami niya mga, mga rebulto sa bahay. You're very devoted to what you believe in. And that's something commendable. Pero Bible study time. <laughs> Let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus lang. Not about idolatry. Okay? So, but you cannot really effectively interact with the teachings na kinalakay nila sa catechism. Malit pa yan, may catechism yan. If you don't know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches officially, okay? Most of you were Catholics before. Right? I, I was a Roman Catholic seminarian. And by the grace of God, top honors. Okay? That's why when I left the seminary, talagang masakit yung loob ng mga pare kasi they felt na malaki ang aking, very promising daw ako. But sabi, I'm seeking for the truth. I cannot find it in the seminary. I bear us very honest with them. And of course, I found the truth sa Bible. After a long time of reading the Bible, which I never found in the seminary. So what I'm sharing with you are official teachings of the church from the documents. And I'm going to persuade you first towards Roman Catholicism. I will convince you about what the Catholics claim. And then after that, I will refute it. <laughs> okay, kasi hindi niyo ma-appreciate ang mga Catholics kung hindi mo naintindihan where they are coming from. Tingin natin lang, lahat na lang negative, lahat na lang mali. May mga tama din, kaso lang medyo nabahiran lang eh. Pero may mga tama din sila, tutukot sa tradisyon. Yung uh, Peter is the rock, no? Actually, truth yan eh. Makikita natin sa ating series na ito. Kaso lang, dahil reactionary tayo, ayaw nating tanggapin. Actually, nasa Bible yun. Okay? And we will see that, no? That, uh, in fact, there are points that are more accurate in interpreting the scripture than Protestants and Evangelicals have done. They're more accurate in interpreting the scripture at certain points. And that's why we will focus on where we can agree with them and then we will focus on where we don't agree with them. Okay? So remember this. If you want to effectively refute an error, do not just focus on the error. Because every error is a truth that's being distorted. Hanapin mo yung truth na ginadistort. I-redeem mo yung truth. And then show kung saan nakamali. In other words, find what you can affirm first. Okay? And then find out how that particular truth na ginaffirm mo was distorted in the history of the church. Okay? So what can you affirm? Okay? So today, we're going to affirm tradition. We're going to talk about that today. Okay? So here we are. Start with the term Roman Catholic. Okay. The word Catholic Church, at least for those of you already have studied something related, the word Catholic is just an old English word for universal. Simply means universal church. Okay? But the Catholic Church specifically was used as a term to refer to the Christian Church after Constantine 
the time of Constantine, around the 4th century AD, and as defined in the Nicene Creed. We'll see a sample of the Nicene Creed. This designation was used until the 4th century to refer to the whole undivided Christian church, both East, the West, which is based in Rome, and East, which is based in Constantinople, that was under Constantine. Because Constantine was the first Roman emperor to move the capital of the empire from Rome to Constantinople. That became known as the Byzantine Empire. Byzantine Empire. Okay? So, kasi Constantinople was before called Byzantium. The original name of that city was Byzantium. Because the Roman Empire was being headed from there, natawag ng Byzantium Empire, Byzantine Empire. So that was after Emperor Constantine. Byzantium later on was called Constantinople in honor of the first Roman emperor who made that city the capital of the empire. So Constantinople after Constantine. Okay? Today, it's called the... Uh, uh, ano capital ng Turkey? Istanbul. Istanbul ngayon yon. So Istanbul was before Byzantium, Constantinople. Ngayon, Istanbul na. Okay? So anyway, mahabang story kung bakit naging Istanbul. Yung, yung, yung words na yan, may history yan, paano nag-evolve eh. So Istanbul is the capital of Turkey, was the center of the Greek or Eastern, Roman, Eastern uh, Empire, Roman Empire. So nung united pa yung West and East, the churches that were located in both East and West are called the Catholic Church, Universal Church. To show the unity of the church before nag-divide. The church divided between the Greek Orthodox Church and later on the Roman Catholic Church. So nahati sa dalawa. So before that, all of that was the Catholic Church. That was before the 4th century. That was the term. Okay? So today, the phrase can refer to the Roman side or the eastern side, okay? Catholic Church din sila eh. Pero nag-split na eh. Dalawa ng Catholic Church ngayon. Anglican or Protestant churches because they believe they're still part of the Catholic Church. Universal. Because under that as universal. Church. There's only one body and one spirit. So, may point sila doon. Okay? Separately, can be used as a term, separately or collectively as one Catholic Church. Okay? Now, the earliest recorded evidence of the use of the term Catholic Church is in the letter of, to the Smyrnaeans written by Ignatius of Antioch. Ignatius is one of the church fathers based in Antioch, okay? Who wrote in about 107 AD, this is just fresh after the time of the Apostles. Apostle John write around 96, 96 AD. So very close, no? 187. This is one of the earliest fathers of the church. When you say Church fathers, apostolic fathers, these were disciples of the apostles. So, meron tayong tindang apostolic fathers, meron tayong tinatawag na ecclesiastical fathers. So, apostolic fathers have greater authority. Mas pinapakinggan yung apostolic fathers kasi ito, yung mga disciple ng mga original apostles. Like si Polycarp, disciple siya ni John, the apostle John himself. Kaya lahat ng writings niya is considered almost inspired kasi ginawa niya Rocky John. Apart ng tradition, okay? Si Polycarp. And uh, later on, we find one of the greatest scholars of the early church, si uh, Eusebius, okay? Claims that uh, many of those who were disciples of the apostles brought down this teaching. 
Ito yung tradisyon. Okay? So, when he wrote this letter to the Church of Smyrna, remember Smyrna is in Revelation, one of the seven churches of Asia Minor, or modern-day Turkey. Okay? Exhorting Christians to remain closely united with their bishop because of the threat of heresies. Dahil marami po mga heresies about the Christian gospel going around, halo-halo religions, okay? Uh, he exhorted all the, all the people to be close to the bishops so who will keep them from doctrinal errors, okay? The role of the bishops was to protect the church from the threat of heresy. So wherever the bishop shall appear, there let the multitude of the people, that means the Christians, be, Okay? And then numerous other early writers, including Cyril of Jerusalem, this is also very close, 315 to 396, Augustine of Hippo, St. Augustine was the greatest theological doctor of the early church. So if St. Augustine, we call, this is called St. Augustine of Hippo from Africa, he, he comes from Africa. Hippo is in Africa, northern Africa. So he was the first, the, the greatest theologian of the early church. And later on, in the modern church, Thomas Aquinas is the greatest theological doctor of the modern Catholic Church. So when you refer to Augustine, he is the greatest theologian of the early church. And if you study his writings, he was very evangelical. Among writings, the Augustine has more uh, agreement with evangelical theology than the teachings of Thomas Aquinas. Which he, came, he became the theological doctor of the modern Catholic Church. Okay? So Augustine of Hippo, St. Augustine, and others further developed the use of the term Catholic, which is in relation to Christianity. They are all one universal church. Based on the words of Paul, there is one body and one spirit, one baptism, one faith, etc. That is what we are. We are the one holy Catholic church, bound by one spirit and one Lord, one Father, one baptism. Okay? So yung sinabi ni Pablo sa Ephesians 4. Can you show that please? Ephesians 4, verse 3 to 4. Okay. Ito yung basis ng idea ng Catholic Church. One confession, one spirit, one body. Okay. We see that. Verse 4. One body, one spirit, one hope. Next verse. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Next. One God and Father of all. That is the, the, where the idea Catholic Church came from. One body alone. And do we agree? There's only one body. Therefore, we are part of the Catholic Church. Not the Roman Catholic Church. The real Catholic Church. <laughs> so we're all part of the universal church. That's what we believe in, right? All local churches are part of a universal church. That's the Catholic. Uh, Catholic is just an old word. It just means the same thing, universal. So are you Catholic? <laughs> They're all part of the Catholic church. One baptism, one spirit, one body, one faith, one Lord, one Father, one. Okay? So yung po yung concept ng Catholic church. So hindi po negative term yun. Yung Roman Catholic, yun yung ano, <laughs> Roman. O kaya the Greek Catholic Church. So, Roman, saka Greek. <laughs> yun lang yung ano, medyo may konti tayong pagkakaiba dyan. Okay? And go back to the outline, please. The word Catholic was indeed adapted to refer to the entirety of all Christians in the Roman Empire the time when it was still united bago nag-split Catholic Church lahat yan. 
Okay? So, naintindihan na ibig sabihin ng Catholic. Ito yung Nicene Creed. Remember, look at date, 325 AD, na where the word Catholic was officially used in a creed that was binding on all Christian believers as an expression of their faith in Christ. Okay? Ito yung confession of faith of the early church in the 4th century. It's called the Nicene Creed. One of the most uh, venerated creeds in the history of the church. Sabi niya, we believe in the Holy Spirit. This was confessed by all Catholics around the world. The Lord, the giver of life, He proceeds from the Father. Remember, na nagmimisa tayo, na reading niyo pa yan. The Nicene Creed. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. And with the Father and the Son, He is worshipped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. We believe in one, only one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Kasi ang church is built on the teachings of the apostles. So this is the one, Holy, Catholic, Apostolic Church. Do you agree? Are you part of this? We're all part of that. Okay? We affirm one baptism. One baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead and to the life in the world to come. Amen. Abutan niyo po ba ito ng Katoliko? Kaya ginarisa ito sa Misa? On the Nicene Creed. Okay? So, are we part of the one, Holy, Catholic, and Apostolic Church? Kasi pag hindi, ano tayo? <laughs> False religion. <laughs> okay. Pero hindi sinabi ng Roman. Ha? Walang Roman dyan. Ha? Yan lang yung universal. Okay. So we're part of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Isa lang. One. Okay. So, ito na yung nagsimula yung pagbabago. Yung Catholic church naging kinilala na Roman. That means ang centro Rome. Doon na tayo hindi mag-agree. Okay. The Christian The Roman Catholic Church is used today to designate the Christian Church around the world that recognizes itself as the Roman Pope. Do we agree? Do we agree with that? Na the Pope is the head of the Church? Hindi tayo Roman, pero Catholic Church tayo. Okay? The Bishop of Rome, the supreme authority of the Church, whose authority is derived from apostolic succession, we will discuss that in the next session of this course. Okay? It's apostolic succession. Okay? Now, they believe that there is an uninterrupted succession from Peter to the present Pope. And therefore, claiming the same authority as Simon Peter. Yan. Okay? Okay. So, ang authority ng Papa, pantay sa authority ni Simon Peter, the Apostle. Okay? Pag-uusapan natin. Kukonvinsin ko muna kayo and then i-refute ko. Tinan ko kung kaya, kung maintindihan nyo. Okay? So, the beginnings of Roman Catholicism is in the 5th century na. So, up to the 4th century, there was only one church, Roman and Greek. Okay? The entire Christian world was called the One Holy Catholic Church. But para pagdating ng 5th century, nakaroon ng some adjustments, no? Kasi na bishops are asking, what if the bishops are contending against each other? Who will... Mediate with us. Ila sila pantay ng authority. Okay? So who will mediate? Let's say, may isang grupo ng bishop dito, merong teaching na sinasabi ito, mali kayo. Sino mag-decide kung sino yung tamang interpretation? Because of that need, they began to talk. Somebody must have the final authority, even among us. Kasi bishops can be wrong. Okay? Okay? 
Later on, I talked to you how, you know, the, the most brilliant minds of the church were divided when it came to the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. It was not, it was not a unanimous uh, belief. It was, it divided the church. But it just happens that young Pope at the time who promulgated it was a Franciscan. And Franciscans believe in the Immaculate Conception. Dominicans, who are followers of Thomas Aquinas, did not agree with it. So, nakaklasyan. Eh, yung mga, itawag natin, yung mga geniuses daw ng church, yung mga uh, Dominicans, kasi followers na Thomas Aquinas, the greatest theological doctor of the Catholic Church. Pero ang Franciscans, mga Marian talaga to. Grabe ka Marian, mga Franciscan. Muntik na ako maging Franciscan, by the way. I almost joined the Franciscan order after when I was in seminary. Very Marian talaga yan. <clears throat> Kaya dahil yung uh, Pope, eh, sympathetic sa Franciscans, ginawa niyang dogma yung Immaculate Conception. Kaya't maraming nag-disagree. So hanggang ngayon, dogma yun. Okay, we'll talk more about that later. So, with the conversion of the Emperor Constantine in 318 AD, the Church began to adopt a governmental structure mirroring that of the Empire. Because Constantine was the first Roman Emperor, actually, hindi na sa Roman lang kasi nag-move na ng capital niya sa, sa, ano, sa Byzantium. He was, but he was the first Roman emperor who became sympathetic to the Christian faith. Okay? Because his mother became a Christian. Okay? So si Queen Helena. And because of that, he had to protect his mother from persecution. Kasi pinapatay mga Christian before him eh. Pinapatay mga Christian. So he had to protect his mother. So he declared Christianity as a favored religion. Pero not as the official religion. It was the favorite religion because ang Romans, may iba silang religion. Metraism, you know, marami silang mga religions eh. Pero dineclare niya ang Christianity as a favored religion. And because dineclare niya favorite religion ang Christianity, marami sa mga non-Christians, sa mga pagans, converted to Christianity to gain the favor of the emperor. Doon nagsimula po yung maraming naging Christians na hindi naman talaga believers. They became Christians for political reasons. To gain the favor of the emperor. Kasi mas may favor ang emperor sa Christianity of all the religions. Eh lahat ng mga sakit na Roman Empire, may kanya-kanyang religion yan eh. So, if you abide by the religion that the emperor favors, meron kang leverage, you know, to gain support from the emperor. Kasi you're part of the, you know, the Christian religion, which he favors. Do you understand that? Later on, because... Constantine was the one who opened the doors to the church. The church later on, the leaders, the bishops, started to organize the, the whole church based also on the model of the Roman Empire for, to, for uh, to protect the churches from false teachings. So, kailangan consolidate ang Catholic Church uh, to defend, protect them against false teachings. Okay? So, in which geographical provinces are ruled by bishops. So, bishops now, nakaroon ng hindi lang city, They are now given a bishopric that extended to greater geographical uh, areas. Lahat ng lupa na yan na sakop ng sea, you call that sea, ng isang bishop are owned by the church na. Because of Constantine. Kasi finibored ng Catholic Church, kung saan mo bishop pa ni no, yung buong lupa na yan, pag-aari na ng Catholic Church under the bishop. Kaya you don't nagsimula, umaman ang Roman Catholic Church. Because they began to acquire vast areas of land that was given to them by the Emperor Constantine. Diyan nagsimula ang material power and wealth ng church. Okay? 
the cause of Constantine. Soon the bishops of major cities in the empire merge, emerge as preeminent. The mga major cities like Constantinople, Rome, etc. They became very preeminent because they are located in the capital, including the bishops of Jerusalem, of course, that's the origin. The bishop of Alexandria, which is in Egypt. The bishop of Antioch, which is in Syria uh, area. The bishop of Rome, of course, in the west. Constantinople in the east. Because ito yung mga major cities in the Roman Empire, the bishops there became more popular over the others. Diyan na nagsimula ang shift towards a papal, uh, a papal polity or political uh, go, uh, government system. It was natural that Rome would eventually become the most important kasi yun yung capital ng empire. Diyan na nagsimula. It was not only the capital of the empire, but the city in which the apostles Peter and Paul were believed to have been martyred. So, Sagrado. Sagrado. This is where the blood of the two martyrs, you know, were shed. So, because Rome became the most preeminent, later on in time, the nature of things, the Roman bishop became more elevated above all the other bishops of the entire empire. And he became known as the Bishop of Bishops. That's where the word Papias came from. That means the father of all bishops, the Pope. Pope simply means the father. Okay? So Pope means the father, the head of all other bishops around the empire. Do nagsimula po ang Roman Catholic Church. Because the Bishop of Rome became the head of all the other bishops. So naging Catholic Church, naging Rome-centered na. Based na sa Rome. Kasi nandun na yung perceived head. Doon naging Roman ang Catholic Church. Okay, do you understand? Okay. So, nasettle nila yung problem. Paano kami mga bishops na napupunta sa wrong belief? Tapos magdidipate. The Pope now is given the highest authority to decide. His word is the word of Christ. Kasi kung hindi word of Christ, di one opinion lang siya among many. Sino magsasettle ng dispute? You got the point? Sino magsasettle ng mga disputes? Eh, pareho magagaling ng mga theologians na babanggaan. So, somebody has to decide for the sake of the unity of the church, somebody has to decide which is the correct interpretation of doctrine. Somebody whom they will recognize as carrying the authority of Christ Himself para maging binding ang kanyang desisyon sa buong church, lalo sa managaaway ng mga bishops. The necessity of a head in order to settle controversies in the church. And hindi pa yun ang ating issue eh. Puro theological discussions kasi yan eh. Importante doon, they were looking for somebody who will make the final interpretation, who will be the final interpreter, who will decide what the church should believe or not because of the power vested in him as the spokesman, the vicar, the representative of Jesus himself. And so when he speaks ex cathedra from the seat, Every word that comes out of the mouth, if he speaks in his official capacity, is the word of Christ. To settle all disputes. Kasi, even in the Catholic Church, there are many orders. May Franciscan, Dominican, mayroon Augustinian. Ang dami mga orders dyan. At kung minsan nagkakaroon sila ng mga yang, tulad ng Immaculate Conception, at tagal ng bangayan niya ng mga uh, Franciscan at Dominicans. Sino magsasettle niya? Ngayon, isang Pope magsettle. Tapos, ang controversy. So, yung mga Dominicans, bow. From them on, yun na. Kasi nag-declare na yung Vicar of Christ. 
na tama ang Immaculate Conception. Hindi ano ang gagawa nila. Diba? Yun ang reason kung bakit nangailangan ng isang head. A human head who can settle uh, when there are controversies to settle what is the true teaching of Christ. Siya yun. So, na-appreciate niya kung bakit kailangan ng ganun. Tulad natin, eh, iba-ibadok yung Baptist, Pentecostal. Kaya hindi tayo nakakaisa eh. Yan, I mean, uh, nakakaisa tayo sa mga essential teachings. Pero nagbabangayan tayo doon sa mga minor eh. Kaya mga Catholics, natatawa sa atin. Kaya pinagmamalaki nyo na kanya-kanyang interpretasyon tiyan nyo. Kanya-kanya rin kayong religion. Hindi kayo one eh. Tiyan mo kami, one kami. May point ba sila? They are organizationally one. Tayo organizationally, we are splintered into so many, uh, you know, innumerable. <laughs> Uh, religious uh, religious groups, splinter tayo eh. Can we claim unity organizationally? No. So, yung mga Catholics, natatawa sa atin, kita mo, awi-awi kayo dyan. Can you be the true church? You're not even one. We are the true church. We are one. O, di ba may point sila eh. Kasi may isa kaming final interpreter. Dito lang, kanya-kanya ka-interpretasyon. Magdidibate kayo, Baptist, laban sa mga Pentecostal about the Holy Spirit. Ano ba yung baptism of the spirit? No? Ano ba yung speaking in tongues? Diba? Uh, cessationist and non-cessationist. <laughs> sabi ng katoliko, nakakaawa kayo, you talk about the gospel and yet you are so divided. Yan ang criticism ng Catholic Church laban sa atin. Kasi tingin sa atin, marunong masyado, kanya-kanyang interpretation. Oo, lahat marunong, lahat tama. Ayan, nagbabanggaan. Sila, one. Kasi they listen to one head. Isa lang ang final interpreter. Kaya organizationally, one sila. Okay? Do you appreciate yung kanilang uh, concern? Hindi, <laughs> 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 totoo naman eh. Nakakatawa talaga tayo eh. We claim to have one faith in Christ, pero nag-aaway tayo sa doktrina. Lalo na yung mga minor doctrines, hindi mga major yan. Pagkawayan natin yung major doctrines kasi heresy na yan. Pero minsan pinagbabanggaan yung cessationist, non-cessationist, may speaking tags ba ngayon wala. May prophecy ngayon wala. Ano ko, ayaw kang mag-fellow sa sinyo, wala yun na prophetic. Kami prophetic, kayo walang prophetic. Hmm, ah, ganyan. Patingin ng mga Catholics, nakakaawa kayo. <laughs> In a way, may point eh. In a way, tama sila eh. Kaya na ba tayo nakaisa talaga? Organizationally, hindi. They boast about organizational union, unity. Tayo, we boast about spiritual unity. Okay? Pero hindi natin mapakita kasi physically, kasi <laughs> sila, they can show one talaga ang church. One Catholic, Holy, Roman, Holy Catholic Church. One! Kayo! Ilang kayo? Ano sasabihin mo ngayon? Oo nga. <laughs> okay. Kasi all the time, they have, ang concern is to preserve the unity of the church. Kasi what divides the church are false doctrines, false teaching, especially through the early years of the church. False teaching talaga ang greatest threat to the unity of the church. And they have maintained the unity by the, you know, the college of bishops conferring and then later on, they needed somebody to decide sa mga disputes nila. Somebody who's considered the final interpreter who carries the authority and inspiration of the Holy Spirit for the on behalf of the church para masettle na itong lahat ng kaguluhan na ito.
Eh tayo nga ngayon, hindi pa tayo settled eh. Sa iba-iba dati mga paniniwala, walang masettled-settled sa atin. Pero we value liberty when it comes to minor differences. We value unity in the essential doctrines. So in the essential doctrines, evangelicals, kahit ano pang uh, denomination mo, we are one. Spiritual unity. Pero we cannot talk about organizational unity. We don't have that. Because we value freedom and autonomy. Okay? So, may mga merits yung kanilang idea. Pero tayo, we value truth. They value organizational unity. I mean, we value truth more than that. But unity is spiritual. Because Christ said, if my kingdom was of this world, my, my disciples would have fought for me. But as if it, my kingdom is not of this world. It is spiritual. We are a spiritual kingdom. The Catholic Church is a visible kingdom. With a visible king. The head. We are an invisible kingdom. As Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Kaya, si Jesus, panik sa atin. <laughs> Spiritual kingdom, which is not of, ito of the world kasi based sa Roman organization, may visible head, you know, etc. Talagang, ano, uh, literally, visibly, uh, kingdom siya. With a king. Iba ng pangalan, Papa. Yun. Okay? So, understand. So, The Roman Bishop Leo I, ito, for, matayin niyo yung mga years ha, kasi nagpo-progress tayo onward, no? Historically. is considered the first Pope by historians. As he was first to claim ultimate authority over all of Christendom or the Catholic Church. In his writings, one can find all the traditional arguments for papal authority. Most notably, ito na, dito na naging official yung uh, the Pope as the successor of Christ through Peter. Okay? Most notably, that which asserts Christ had designated Peter and his successors as the rock on which the church would be built. Ano yung, ano, may repute yun? Bakit ako head ng buong church? Because I come from a succession that starts with Peter. Peter designated as the rock upon which the church would be built. So, because I am a direct successor by the, by the power of ordination, one generation ordination, I am the successor. Therefore, like Peter, who is the head of the church as the rock, the visible head, Christ is the invisible head, Peter being the rock, but Christ being the cornerstone, I am the successor of Peter, and therefore, like Christ, I have headship over the entire church. If Christ is the invisible head, I am the visible representation of the invisible head. That's where the word vicar in Latin uh, came from. Vicar is from Latin vicarius, which means one who stands on behalf of another or representative, somebody who represents another in the fullness of the person's authority. Okay. So, the, the vicarius filiae dei, the, the vicar of the Son of God, which is the Pope, represents Christ in all his authority. When he defines doctrine. When he defines doctrine. Doon lang sa doctrine. Kasi ang concern is doctrinal unity of the church. Okay? So understanding what, how, where they are coming from, yung arguments nila. Naintindihan nyo where they are coming from? Nakikita nyo na may mga valid concerns sila. They have very valid concerns. They try to 
uh, solve those concerns by developing organizational unity and having one head para to settle all issues about false teachings. At hindi na ma-divide yung church. Kasi they believe one, holy, kailangan united ang church. Amen? So that we can we appreciate their passion to see the unity of the church. Exactly. Okay? So, wag tayo masyadong negative. May mga, ano naman sila, may mga tamang silang uh, points eh. Okay? So, anyway, didiscuss natin yung Peter the Rock later on. Okay? <clears throat> Ito po ang teaching ng Catholic Church. Divine Revelation, di ba, we have a doctrine of Revelation. Meron tayong general Revelation, tama? Siya nag-aaral dito ng Bible School. We have general Revelation, which includes creation, conscience, okay? And human reason. Second is special revelation, which is contained in the scriptures. Sabi ng Catholic Church, kulang yan. Hindi lahat ng teachings ni Christ na sa Bible. Tama naman. Sabi ni John, if all the things that Jesus did were written in this book, I believe that even the whole world can contain. Kita nyo, si John mismo nagsabi dyan sa written scripture, na hindi lahat nandiyan. Oh, ang full deposit na teachings of Christ is in oral tradition, not sa written tradition. Kasi ang written tradition came from oral tradition. We're talking about the New Testament kasi church, the Christian church is built on the New Testament. So the New Testament writings were only part of the, all the teachings of Christ. Not all the teachings of Christ are there. Di ba like si Pablo? I see Pablo's Acts 20. As our Lord said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Hindi mo mababasa sa Gospels yan. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you don't hear Christ. One of the Beatitudes is more blessed to give than to receive. Tama? Wala eh. Pero sabi ni Paul, Acts 20, as the Lord has said, is more... Saan na nakuha yun? Wala man doon sa Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John yan. Saan na nakuha yun? Oral tradition. So, nagadraw, yung writings niya is drawing from oral tradition. Sa so, ano mas authoritative? Yan. <laughs> Okay? So anyway, ito muna tayo. One step at a time lang bago kayo ma-overwhelm. <laughs> okay? Divine revelation in the Catholic Church, Roman Catholic Church, is embodied in both sacred scriptures and sacred tradition. Yung scriptures, yun yung mga teachings of Christ na nasulat na. We have in the Testament. Yung sacred tradition, yun yung mga oral that was transmitted from one generation to another. Okay? Both are equally inspired. Oral tradition, which is yung non-written, is equal in authority with written tradition, which is now the scriptures. Written tradition is only part of oral tradition. As John claims, there are many things that Jesus did that are not in this book. If everything that will be written, not even the whole word I believe can contain the books. So sabi nila, What John was writing was only a part of the oral tradition. The oral teachings of Christ and the apostles that had been handed down. Okay? From one generation to another. Yun yung oral tradition, which is the original revelation. And out of that oral tradition came the scriptures. And even Paul would quote things that you don't find in the other gospels kasi he's drawing from oral tradition. Of course, Paul was not there when Jesus taught this. Tama? Was he an eyewitness of Christ when he was still on earth preaching? Wala man siya doon. So paano niya nalaman? 
As our Lord said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, written scripture, wala yan. So, nakuha yun. At is oral tradition. Yung mga circulating teachings of Christ, orally transmitted. So, question, so, walang, ano, that means, oral tradition is authoritative. Kasi doon kinuha eh, ang written tradition. Tama sila, ano ba? <laughs> okay, anyway, tuloy-tuloy yung dayo. <laughs> Written tradition is only part of oral tradition. Kasi not everything that Christ spoke are in the scriptures. Pero nandun sa oral tradition, yung ibang tinuro niya na handed down. Okay? Yan kiniklaim ng church na equal in authority yung oral tradition sa written tradition or scriptures. Okay? So what is tradition? Tradition is just a technical term in Greek paradosis which Paul uses quite frequently to refer to passed on or handed down teachings. And these are uh, either oral or written. Makita natin mamaya, okay? So passed on or handed down teachings, you call that tradition. Christ talked about the traditions of the elders. So passed on, handed down from generations. Okay? So in the Catholic Church, there are three kinds of tradition. Okay. The first is divine tradition, which are the teachings of Christ, both in the oral and written form. So written, yung Gospels, saka Epistles, that records the words of Christ. Okay? Pero, ang, sa kanila, ang divine tradition, hindi lang yung nasa scriptures, na nasa oral din yung iba, na hindi na nasulat. So divine, kasi Christ is the source. He is God. He is the source of all this revelation. This handed teaching, therefore, this is divine tradition. The second is apostolic tradition. This is the teachings of the apostles who interpreted Christ for us. Okay? Because they are the, they are the ones who interpreted the teachings of Christ. Their teachings, therefore, are considered divine and inspired. And because they were handed down orally, okay, nung wala pang mga handed down orally, they are considered to be sacred tradition, which is inspired and authoritative. Okay? And thirdly, is ecclesiastical tradition. Ito na yung mga teachings ng mga church fathers from the apostolic to the ecclesiastical fathers, mga disciple ng mga apostol mismo who handed down teaching to us na hindi nakasulat sa New Testament. All of this, when interpreted by the fathers or the theologians, becomes ecclesiastical tradition because uh, one step away from the apostles na ito. This, now, these fathers or theologians are not interpreting the apostles. What well, apostles were interpreting Christ. So, these are theologians that are interpreting the apostolic teaching, interpreting the teachings of Christ in order to make them relevant to the church and its needs. So, because hindi na apostol nag-interpret, post-apostolic na, ecclesiastical na yan. Because at the time when the Catholic Church began to develop as a, as a system, Okay, uh, with authority, with hierarchical of authority. Okay, so this includes the teachings of the fathers. Okay, the the church councils because marami pong mga councils that the church convened throughout history in order to respond to major heresies. Okay, may, church, may council of Ephesus, uh, council of um, madam madamian eh. Yung last, yung pinaka last na relevant today is the Vatican Council. Uh, we also have the Council of Trent in past history. So marami ang mga meetings ng mga bishops of the church that gather 
to discuss how do you refute false teachings and how do you consolidate the teachings of the church for the sake of the unity of the church. Yun yung mga councils. Ano may mga decision ng mga councils collectively becomes part of Ecclesiastes tradition. And of course, because the Pope is given the highest authority as the, the, the final interpreter of all tradition, oral or written, then everything he declares in his official capacity is part of ecclesiastical tradition. And because tradition, misunderstanding down teaching, originating from divine and aspodic sources, ecclesiastical tradition is also authoritative and binding on all believers. Okay, you understand tradition, huh? These are collections of handed down teachings from generations in response to different issues in the history of the church. <laughs> okay? Because their concern is unity. All of these are made to make the church relevant to their times and to protect the unity of the church. All of these were done. To make the church more relevant to their times by doing new applications of revelation, and secondly, to combat false teaching. Protect the unity of the church. It causes the church to advance in the grace of Christ and grow to fullness. Yun ang purpose ng lahat ng yan. Okay? So, ano masasabi nyo? Okay? Para tayong bilang lumiit, ano? <laughs> okay? So, let's focus on oral tradition. No? Ito yung mga claims nila about oral tradition. Are you ready? This man, of all the quote-unquote saints, to me is the the most toxic para sa akin to eh. Pagdating sa the cult of Mary, grabe, super Mariano to the core. Lahat ng mga distorted and twisted teachings about Mary, siya talaga ang nagkalat. To si Alfonso's Ligori. Saint Alfonso's Ligori. Okay? Yan ang kanyang order. This was in the 17th century, up to 18th century. He wrote, Traditions are those truths which were first communicated by Jesus Christ or by the Holy Ghost to the apostles. Then by the apostles were given to the disciples. They are called the apostolic fathers. So the disciples of the apostles are apostolic, are called apostolic fathers because they were disciples of the apostles. So they handed down to us the teaching of the, that they heard with their ears. They heard the apostles teach them, and then they handed down those oral teachings to the next generation. Not all of those handed down teachings are in the written scripture. You understand that, okay? So then by the apostles were given to the disciples, and thus under the guidance of the Holy Ghost, without interruption, yan claim niya, without interruption, so to say, transmitted by hand and communicated up to the present time. Yan ang glory ng tradition. One uninterrupted flow of handing down teaching from generation coming from Christ, the apostles, and then the disciples of the apostles. We have the sure assurance that we have the fullness of truth that the Protestants don't have. Because it's only limited to one part of tradition, only the written tradition. So, actually, parents Alfonso de Gori, these traditions are the unwritten word of God, have the same authority as the written Word of God. Traditions are necessary that belief may be given to many articles of faith. Kasi, hindi lahat na nasa scripture addresses all the concerns and needs of believers. 
Okay? So they draw from the oral tradition of Christ to address those issues. Now, wala sa written. Okay? Tradition, okay, are necessary that belief may be given to many articles of faith about which nothing at all exists in the scriptures. Hindi natin mga problema sa churches na address ng New Testament. So we draw from the other teachings of Christ, handed down orally, to answer those needs. Okay? So that these truths have come to us only from the font of tradition, which comes from Christ himself. Which was, first of all, orally, and then part of it became written. Okay? Agree? I told you I will convince you first about Roman Catholicism. Okay, basahin natin to. Ito, this is a document from the Council of Trent, which was the, this was the Counter-Reformation Church Council that responded to the Protestant uh, movement. Okay? At itong Council of Trent, later on, almost authorized, almost, I'm saying, not directly authorized, the Inquisitions, the burning of heretics, you know, etc. Yan, Council of Trent yan. And this is in the 16th century. Okay? So the Council of Trent was the first just council to officially recognize, to officially reiterate, officially reiterate that tradition and scripture are equal in authority and both are inspired. Kasi nag-start na yung Protestant Reformation. Ang Protestant Reformation, scriptura only. Sola scriptura, sola fide, soli Cristo. Uh, isa lang, scripture. Kaya ang Council of Trent nag-react. No, that is an error. Divine revelation is contained both in oral and written. We reaffirm both are equally inspired and equal in authority, unlike what these Protestants are saying. Kaya ito yung reaction nila. They held the Council of Trent. This is called the Counter-Reformation Council. Everything that was down here was to combat the heresy that the Protestants started. Lahat naman ng mga councils are usually convened pag may major heresy. So the, the, the council that's convened in response to the Protestant heresy, Luther, Swingley, and Calvin, ito yun. So everything here is combative against the, the claims of the Protestants. Okay? So basahin natin ha. This is what they reiterated. This truth and discipline are contained in the written books and the unwritten traditions which received by the apostles from the mouth of Christ himself, yung unwritten, yung received from the mouth of Christ himself, yung oral, or from the apostles themselves, yung the second line, Christ, apostles, okay, the Holy Ghost dictating have come down even to us, yung ano, paradosis, no, handed down, okay, tradition, transmitted as it were from hand to hand, that means direct transmission, hindi ko saan-saan namadaan. Following the examples of the Orthodox Fathers, both apostolic and ecclesiastical, receives and venerates with an equal affection of piety and reverence all the books of the Old and of the New Testament, seeing that one God is the author of both, that means oral and written, as also the said traditions, yung oral, as well as those appertaining to faith as to morals, as having been dictated either by Christ's own word of mouth or by the Holy Ghost, and preserved in the Catholic Church by a continuous succession. Kaya mga protestant, kayo ko Martin, nasaan ang succession niyo to prove na yung source niya tama? Alam mo, pagkita, di ba? Sita, meron. Succession. Okay? Naintindihan niyo po yung sinasabi? Okay? So, tama sila. <laughs> Tayo, splintered sila. One continuous succession. You can trace it historically. 
We are always one. You are always divided. And you claim you know better than us. Okay? So, nagadoubt na ba kayo? <laughs> okay. Ito na, Vatican Council na ito documents, ha? This is already 20th century. This is now Vatican Council II. Ang main contribution ng Vatican II Council, kung ang Council in Trent ay combative against the Protestants, ang Vatican Council naman is reconciliatory. Dito na-develop sa Vatican II yung ecumenical movement. Dito nag-start. Economical means one house, one church. The, the effort of the Vatican II Council is to find ways to win their separated brother brethren. We are called their separated brethren. To win them back to the fold of the Catholic Church. Kaya dito, kung yung Council of Trent masyadong palaban, dito naman may affirming. Yan. Medyo may culture of honor na ngayon to. <laughs> Pero ginagiit pa rin nila kung ano yung tama. Pero we consider you also as Christians. But we call you separated brothers. Kayo yung nag-separate eh. <laughs> Pero we believe you are also Christians. Yes, you are believers. You are brethren in the Lord. Council of Trent, no heretics kayo. Walang connection. Vatican II, no, we consider you as brothers. Kaya mas conciliatory ang Vatican II. Okay? So, doon nagsimula yung ecumenism. Okay? So, ang sabi nila, For sacred scripture is the word of God inasmuch as it is consigned to writing under the inspiration of the divine spirit. No, no dispute with that, right? While sacred tradition takes the word of God entrusted by Christ the Lord and the Holy Spirit to the apostles and hands it to their successor in its full purity. Underline nyo yan. That is so untrue. Okay? <laughs> okay? Yan yung big question mark. Okay? Uh, enhance it on to their successor in its full purity. Yon ang claim. Pero history will prove it is not pure. Okay? In full purity, so that led by the light of the Spirit of truth, they may, in proclaiming it, preserve the Word of God faithfully. Siyami, ang Word of God, remember dito, hindi lang yung scripture. Ang Word of God is both oral and written. Okay? So, sabi dito, It preserved the word of God, which is oral and written, as given in the above, faithfully explain it and make it more widely known. Consequently, it is not from the sacred scripture alone. Ito na, yan na. Kine-claim ng Protestants in the past, di ba? Kayo, mga separated brothers. At yung aming sasabihin sa inyo. Kayo, mga separated brothers. Therefore, consequently, it is not from sacred scripture alone that the church draws her certainty about everything which has been revealed. Therefore, both sacred tradition and sacred scripture are to be accepted and venerated with the same sense of loyalty and reverence. Sacred tradition and sacred scripture form one, one sacred deposit of the Word of God committed by Christ to the church. Naintindihan niyo where this is coming from? Anong sa inyo ngayon? May punto sila. Okay? Pinanghawakan na na, maliit na part lang ng bigger revelation. They have claimed, they have all the revelation given by Christ. Okay, to make this clearer, para hindi din yung pinagsasabi nila, I, I did the timeline so you understand. From the time of Christ's death 
and resurrection and ascension to heaven, he commissioned his apostles to preach the gospel. Wala pang writing. So from 33 AD up to the 60 AD, the gospel and the teachings of Christ were transmitted orally through the preachings of the apostles later on to those entrusted with the word of God. Tulad ng sinabi ni Pablo Katimuti, entrust to faithful men who will also be able to teach others. So, lahat is by ordination. Okay? So, hindi ka pwede magturo kung hindi ka ninilihans. Kaya may succession eh. Kaya ang kinakalanglang, see, may succession kami, kayo wala. Ito, succession by laying of hands of the apostles. Yung next, lay hands, lay hands, lay hands. So, may succession. Okay? Of teaching authority. Okay? So, oral tradition, the earliest uh, gospel, Gospel of Mark, was written around this year, 60 AD. And from 68 to 95, Revelation, tong 95, we have the, the recording of the oral tradition, recording of some portions of the oral tradition into what is now known as the New Testament records. Okay? While this word being written, of course, the rest of tradition, the oral teachings of Christ, not all of which came into the written form, continued up to the end and was transmitted to generations to come through the fathers. So, Christ, apostles, disciples of the apostles, apostolic fathers, down to the next, next in line. Kaya, they call that continuous succession. In uh, faithfully transmitting the truth of Christ, contained in both oral and written tradition. Okay? So, that's why Paul himself talks about oral tradition. Okay? Oral tradition preceded written tradition or the scriptures, the New Testament writings. The written tradition originated from oral tradition and is only a part of oral tradition. Okay? Let me read the scriptures for you. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions uh, or handed down teaching, uh, pass on teaching, paradosis in Greek, that you were taught by us either by spoken word or by letter. Sabi ng mga Nagbabasa ka ba kayo ng Bible? Sasabihin nila? Nagbabasa ba kayo ng Bible? Anong sabi ni Pablo? Na dapat panghawakan natin, stand firm and hold to the traditions. Ano yung traditions? Dalawa. Yung spoken at saka yung written. Kayo, sinusuway niyo si Pablo. Written lang kayo. Oh. Sabi niyo, obey the word of God. Gina-obey niyo ba yan? Kami, gina-obey namin yan. Pati yung oral, bina-preserve namin. We hold on and firmly. Kayo, written lang. Disobedient kayo sa word of God. O ano sasabihin niyo ngayon? Understand, oral tradition doesn't mean walang nasulat. The church fathers wrote them down. But these are writings that are not considered inspired canon that we have the New Testament. But there are other writings that write down the oral, other oral teachings of Christ handed down from generations. So, as time goes by, more and more were written down. Okay? So, karamihan dyan, written na ngayon. Just been written down to centuries, but apart from the authors of the New Testament. Because these are the apostolic fathers and the, the disciples of the apostolic fathers. Sa, sa Bible, karamihan na nagsulat dyan, buhay in the first century. Not sila buhay in the first century. John was the last to die among the writers. Pero ito, after the first and second century, ito na yung mga disciple ng apostles, sila nakatanggap ng mga teachings ng apostles directly from the apostles, at they wrote down those teachings, some of which are not found recorded in the canon. This became part of oral tradition. So, ito magsabihin na oral, walang sulat. 
Examine the oral tradition, other teachings outside the written that were handed down both in word and particular writing in time. Sinulat na rin in time. Ano sabi ni Pablo? Hold firmly to the traditions whether spoken or by letter. Eh tayo, letter lang eh. Sabi ng Catholic, mga disobedient kayo sa salita ng Diyos. Pinagmamalakay niyong word of God, hindi niya naman sinasunod. Oh, sasabihin niyo. Okay. <laughs> Ayan, dyan na tayo pupunta. <laughs> okay? Sabi ko, ito yung sinasabi nila. Okay. I praise you for remembering me and everything and for holding on to the traditions just as I pass them. Kasi nakuosyam niya, Corinthians. Lahat ba na nasulat sa Corinthians? Lahat yun, ay turo, yun lang yung tinuro ni Pablo? Sabi, marami mo siya sinabi sa kanina, hindi niya sinulat. So yung tradition na yan, it's not just what he wrote in Corinthians. Lahat ng tinuro niya verbally. Yun yung tradisyon na sinasabi niya dito that I passed on to you because I've been teaching you. In fact, when he was teaching those, wala pa yung letter to the Corinthians. Hindi <laughs> pa niya nasusulat. Hindi pa niya nasusulat siya nung tinuturoan niya mga Corinthians orally. He's talk, when he wrote, I'm talking about the traditions I passed Ano yan? Yung pass na tinuro ko sa inyo verbally. Kapitan niyo yan. Kaya sinulat ko ito para kapitan niyo yun. <laughs> Kaya I wrote this letter so you make up it dun sa spoken word. Yung traditions. Okay? So, let's knock on that. Sabi ni, pa, ni Pablo, Timothy, hindi lahat basta-basta magpipreach ng gospel, ha? In the New Testament church of the, in the New Testament church of the first century, hindi pwede kahit sinong believer mag-share ng gospel. Lalo na ng preach with authority. You cannot preach with authority the gospel until you are commissioned or ordained. Pero anybody can share about Christ, of course. Okay. Pero it is not commanded that every believer should share the gospel. Kasi nga, dangerous eh. Kaya when, the, when, they, when Saul persecuted the church in Jerusalem, remember, the, the believers were scattered. Except the apostles lang naiwan. So lahat ng believers, imagine, yung mga nasave nun, di ba? 5,000 in one sitting. This may, ang dami nun! Kasi yun yung mga tao na came from different countries to celebrate the Feast of Passover. Kaya ang dami nun. Yung libo yung nasisave nung Pentecost, libo. Kasi these are Jews that came from all parts of the Roman Empire in obedience to God that at three festivals every year, they must come to Jerusalem. And Pentecost is one of those feasts that every Jew around the world must come to Jerusalem physically to celebrate it. So marami talaga nun. Kaya timing, tinaming talaga ni Lord yung first preaching of the Gospel during a feast, para all the Jews from different parts of the world can hear the gospel in one captive, as one captive audience. Okay? So, because of that uh, preaching of the gospel, because of this nakalat sila, we find in uh, Acts chapter 8, and those who were scattered preached the gospel wherever they went. So, yun ang basis natin. Those who were scattered, they said, ordinary believers, say mga apostle na iwan, so hindi sila apostle. Ordinary believers preach the word wherever they went. Question, did the apostles command them to preach the gospel? Did the apostles command them to preach the gospel? There is no record about that. They only, they only devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. But there was a command for them. No, it was out of their love for Christ that they shared the gospel. Not because somebody commanded them. But out of their conviction that this is Jesus, the true Savior. 
And we have been saved. And we want everybody to be saved. They share out of their love for Christ and for others. Not because somebody commanded them. Kaya si Pablo, maingat eh. Kasi by the time that Paul came on the horizon, ang dami ng mga false teachings, creeping into the among Christians. Pati yung mga churches na established niya, pinasukan rin ng mga false teaching. Kaya sabi niya, Timothy, hindi lahat magpipreach ng gospel ha. The things that you heard me say, hindi siya nabing the things that I wrote. Hindi rearating ha. The things that you heard me say, that means oral tradition. The things that you heard me say, sabi niya, in the presence, hindi lang yung narinig mo sa akin privately, paano malalaman kung tama rinig mo. In the presence of many, that means they witness na tama, ito yung sinabi ni Pablo. Bakit na, oh, sabi ni Pablo ito tungkol kay Kristo, they will say, tama ka, narinig rin namin. So kailangan may witness to ensure the purity of what you're teaching. That's really what I taught. Kasi narinig rin ng iba, hindi lang ikaw eh. So ang purpose ito is to preserve the purity of the gospel against, you know, dagdag bawas. At malala, napasokan pa ng ibang teaching. Okay? So, in trust, to rely, hindi lang basta sino-sino, Pablo ha, uh, Timothy ha, hindi lang basta-basta sino, reliable men who are qualified, qualify mo ha, dito nagsimula ang ordination. This is the origin of ordination. Okay? So, hindi lang apostol nag-ordain, si Timothy, pwede na mag-ordain ngayon. Handed down the teaching to be taught faithfully to the next generation. So, in the early church, not every believer has the authority to preach the gospel. But believers would love to share what they know because of their love for Christ and their love for others. But it is not because they were commanded. Because Paul says, be careful, and trust to reliable men. Everything I have heard me say, transmit orally to them. Orally to them. Kasi wala pang, hindi pa ito nasusulat eh. When tinuturoan ni Pablo si Timothy. This was written later. Okay? So, who is qualified to teach others also. Piliin yung mabuti. Huwag yung mga pabago-bagong salita. Kasi baka mapulot yung gospel. So, question. Based on this, is every believer expected or commanded to preach the gospel? Commanded. Commanded. I did not say, does every believer have the responsibility to share the gospel out of their love for Christ? I'm asking, is every believer commanded to share the gospel? Sinong original audience nun? Who are the audience of those words? Go into the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. Who are the original recipients? Apostles, why were they given the commission? Because they were eyewitnesses of Christ and His teachings. Wala pang written noon, lahat oral. Oral lahat. Yes. The commission, the mandate was given to the apostles who were eyewitnesses of Christ because they heard all these teachings and they are now authorized by Christ to preach it to the nations. Okay? And siyempre, mamatay sila. So, paano makakarating sa nations? Lahat ng nations. Disciple, all nations eh. So, paano yung commission dito sa labing isa? Labing isa lang sila noon. Remember? Wala na si Timudas. Pakamatay na si Judas eh. Eleven pa lang sila. This was before Acts 1 pa. So, eleven to disciple all nations. Eh, mamamatay man yan. So, itong 2 Timothy, ordination. 
Everything you have heard me say, transmit to faithful men who will be qualified to teach others. That is to the power of ordination. Pero hindi lahat ng believer qualified. Kasi baka anong doktrina yung maituro mo. So, when Christ commanded the apostles, or the apostles to disciple all nations, was that a command to every believer? Was that a command to every believer? That's a presumption made by William Carey who started the idea that every believer is a missionary. And he based it on this one. Pero this scripture, the Great Commission, was originally mandated by Christ to the eyewitnesses of His resurrection and His teachings. And therefore, they are given full authority to preach the gospel to all the nations. It was a command given to them, but not to the entire church. Maraming believers in Christ at the time, remember when the Holy Spirit came, there are 120 of them. Hindi malahat yung kinumission ni Christ. Yung labing isa lang ang kinumission niya. Yeah, like the early church, because of the fact they share the gospel out of their love for Christ, they feel it's their responsibility, but it is not commanded. It is your privilege to share it. But be careful of the risk of false teaching, okay? Baka kakapreach mo later on, bagong kulto ka na. Persecution na pastor. That was Saul, persecuting the church. Yeah, the, and they preached the gospel wherever they went. But not because the apostles commanded them. Or Christ commanded them. It was their love for others that they felt the responsibility to share the gospel. Pero kung di ka mag-share ka, ibig sabihin, sabihin nakakasala ka kasi disobedient ka. Yan ang ginaturo ngayon eh. Hindi ka na-preach the gospel or disobedient kasi utos na Jesus yan. Saan si Pablo sinabi, inutusan tayo ni Jesus na lahat tayo magpipreach ng gospel. Kasi Pablo nga maingat eh. Hindi lahat ng 120 kinumission ni Christ, labing, dalawa lang, labing isa lang kinumission niya doon. Hindi lahat. Kasi ang danger of false teaching. Okay? So, yung idea na the Great Commission is for all believers is just an interpretation, an opinion. Pero it became very popular. You know why? Because it advanced the cause of missions. Okay? Ginamit talaga yon ng Lord. Kahit nasa alam niya na misabit konti. Pero ginamit pa rin ng Lord to advance the cause of missions. But it doesn't justify that the interpretation is absolutely accurate. Understand this? Kaya naging popular hanggang ngayon eh. Kasi it helped expand the evangelical church. Yeah. Yung nga, kailangan qualified to teach others. Pwede ka mag-witness, share, pero don't teach theology kung di ba lang pinag-uusapan nyo. Kailangan ordain ka na dumaan ka sa teaching ng mga those who went ahead of you sa kabe sa Word of God para maging confident ka and competent and qualified to teach others. Pero sharing your faith, walang problema. Pero hindi yan inutos sa bawat believer. Yun ang kiniklaim kasi nitong uh, movement na ito. That every believer is commanded to share the gospel. That is such an inaccurate understanding of the original context of Jesus' words. Because kung totoo yan, bakit di niya sinabi doon sa 120? Bakit doon lang sa 11? Ba't pinili ang 11 lang? And dami mga believers in Christ during that time. Why only to the 11? And why is it that Paul will say, Timothy, entrust everything you heard, oral, 
to rely on who will be competent, qualified to teach others also. Okay? So in other words, because now written na yung mga teachings ng apostles, of course, all of us now can study what the apostles taught. Dito lang noon, yung time na sa ano eh, kasi tell us what, what the apostle Paul said. Ano nga pang written eh. Ngayon, written na, everybody can gain understanding to the original, pure apostolic gospel. So we can share that. Pag tama intindi mo, problema lang, iba-ibang intindi, kaya ngayon, ang daming mga, ano, daming denominations, daming kulto. Kasi kanya-kanya interpretasyon yan. Okay? Pero, you can share the gospel fine. Be sure na tatama yan kasi baka nakaligaw ka. Pananagutan mo pa yan later on sa eternity. Nakaligaw ka. Pati ikaw, naligaw pala. <laughs> so be careful. Okay? Pero, we are not, Jesus never commanded every believer to preach the gospel. We are commanded, all of us, to live the gospel. Let your light shine among men that they may see your good works, yung words. So that I bring praise to your Father in heaven. Okay? So let it be clear, huh? exegetically, exegetically, the Great Commission was given only to those authorized by Christ and those whom the apostles will authorize in the next generations through the laying of an hands. Si Timothy was laid on by hands ni Pablo to authorize him to teach. Huh? He's talking to the eleven. Oh. Pero of course, The promise of the Holy Spirit is to the whole church. Because all of us have the Holy Spirit. Hindi lang sila. Pero they were given special anointing by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the gospel. Because they were eyewitnesses of Christ. So lahat tayo, we is our responsibility to share the gospel. Every believer has a responsibility to share the gospel. Pero kung hindi ka nag-share ngayon, hindi magsabihin, disobedient ka. Kasi wala mang command. It is an expression of your love and responsibility. Pero huwag mong konsensya, brad, di ka nagsishare ng gospel, disobedient ka. Saan sa bayo pong sinasabi na disobedient ka kung di ka nagsishare ng gospel? But we can encourage them to show love to others by sharing Christ to them. Doon may basis tayo. And that's what the believers who were scattered from Jerusalem did. And all those who were scattered, libo yun ha, preached the word wherever they went because of their love for Christ and their love to bring others to the kingdom. Yun yung passion. Hindi dahil inutos ng Lord. Oh, nako, guilty-guilty pag di ako nag-preach. Guilty-guilty pag wala ako nag-winasot. Saan sa Bible nanggali yung guilt na yan? It is your privilege and your joy to share Christ. Amen? Pagkita tayo doon sa context. Okay? Kasi kung totoong every believer, question, bakit hindi sa 120 niya sinabi? Bakit si Pablo maingat kung sino magtuturo ng gospel? Ka-qualify. Eh si Timothy was laid on mismo ni Paul, padaliin of my hands upon you, to authorize him to preach the gospel. Lahat yun by ordination. Kaya ang Catholic Church ang nakiklip, kami may ordination from Peter to the Pope. Kayo, saan nagaling mga ordination ninyo? <laughs> Can you trace your ordination back to the apostles? Sige nga, show us na ordination nyo nanggaling pa sa mga apostol. You can trace it back historically. Show me. Aray, wala tayong mapapakita. Okay? So you got the point? Convinced na kayo? Hindi pa eh. <laughs> Kasi hindi pa tayo itapos. <laughs> Ayan oh. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to content to fight for what? The faith that has been once and for all delivered, the word is paradidomi, para where you get tradition, paradosis, handed down, passed on, for the faith that was 
once and for all, passed on to the saints. How? Both orally and in written form. Fight for all the teachings, all the traditions, both oral and written, that has been handed down to the saints once and for all. So sabi ng Catholics, kami sinusunod namin yan. Ewan ko sa inyo kung sinusunod nyo yan. Okay?